This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. It is going to be back on the near frontier. Cam Edwards along with Miss E. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool, episode 97. We've been doing this, well, you've been mostly doing this for 97 episodes. 97 episodes. That's a lot. Getting ever closer to the magical 100th episode. we got to do something big for that. we got to start planning. Fireworks. <laughs> we could do fireworks. No one can see them. No, we could have the uh, the, sa- the sound effects, though. We could use the instant applause, yeah, well, the instant audience thing. I was just saying, yeah, they could hear the fireworks, and then we could, yeah, we could just add in the, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. We actually could have the sound of crickets uh, right now. Right. Because there are some crickets. Because it's been so incredibly warm. I hear the frogs, too, outside. I know. It's been in the 70s on the uh, 40 acres. And we've got things that are starting to bloom. We've got uh, clover <laughs> that's popping up. Like, the yard is already starting to look kind of crummy. Like it, Yes. It, the onions are starting. <laughs> the wild onions are growing up in spurts and places. We've got um, daffodils and jonquils popping up and crocuses up near the road. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, a couple of the trees are starting to bloom, which makes me worried because if they bloom too soon, then they don't get pollinated. And if they don't get pollinated, they don't fruit. And if... That's the case. So that's what happened to our blueberry bushes last year. Right. And I'm, I was looking today, and they're five, already starting to get little buds. I noticed new stem growth on them. Yeah. And it's uh, not even March the 1st yet. No. And I know we're going to get another freeze. We always do. Well, it, nothing it, in the Farmer's Almanac says anything, but it was wrong anyway about this whole winter. Well, this past weekend, we it actually did you know, right to about freezing. Did it? Uh, yeah, this past, uh, this past weekend. So... Yeah, I mean, look, we've got at least six more weeks before. That's what Puxatawney uh, Phil said, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that was almost a, that was you know back in early February. Right. But I mean, I think last year our freeze date was or our frost date was April fifteenth, um, and after that you were you were safe to plant. And then we actually we got one in May. We though. got one in early May. That's what right. killed the. That's what really killed the blueberries. I think. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. Because they were already starting to flower at that point, yep. and then it was they were they were done after yeah. that. So were our trees, trees though. Like we have all those black locust trees on the property, mm-hmm. and in the spring they usually have these crazy little pinkish white flowers. They almost look like tiny little orchids. 
they're really pretty and they're very delicate and they're beautiful little flowers but we didn't get any this year because no. the frost came and killed them all before they got a chance to flower i was really afraid we wouldn't even get any leaves but we finally did get some leaves laid on later yeah on. It, it took a while they it were kind of patchy and splotchy but uh so hopefully uh, this is not going to be a uh, another, you know, awful spring and yeah. early summer. I hope it's not going to be a oppressively hot and humid summer cuz it's going to be a warm spring and warm winter. You know, I don't I don't I just don't know about that cuz last winter we had a really cold winter if you remember and it then we had wet. a yeah, and then we had a pretty hot and humid summer. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. I think it's just I think I think the seasons they do what are they the want. seasons they can exactly. do what they want? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, some, I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> so as I said, uh, I'm glad to be back on the near frontier. I was in Northern Virginia and Maryland. Oh boy, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, for several days this week for CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's always good to see what <laughs> it's Conservative Political Action Conference and fun in the same sentence. Just does, seems like an oxymoron. No, it was good. There were some good speakers. It's always a good opportunity to get a chance to meet people uh, and to reconnect with old friends. I got to hang out with Joe the Plumber, uh, who I knew nothing really about other than you know the the eight years ago, right? Um, at the 50, time, yeah, he got his fifteen minutes eight years ago, and it was it was interesting because uh, Joe's a guy who who you know. It, it knows that it was he was one of those fifteen minutes of fame guys, um, but very down to earth, not full of himself. You meet a lot of people who are full of themselves for no reasons. Yeah. Uh, he's not one of them. He was a, a genuinely genuinely cool guy. We talked barbecuing and grilling. He loves to grill, loves to fish, loves to shoot. Uh, so we got along famously. He's he's now my brother from another mother. Uh. Joe the plumber. <laughs> uh, got a chance to hang out with Kurt Slichter. Uh, got a chance to go up to Baltimore, Maryland, and go to the AdCore Industries factory and shoot machine guns with uh, Medal of Honor recipient Clinton Romache. That was not CPAC related. That was no, a, a that was side just trip. Happened but to be a, the same trip. Exactly. Farm and, trip. And everything on the farm. You you uh, you held down the farm. Yeah, while I was gone. well, there wasn't much to hold. The the, the goats, the dog leashes. You they uh, had to walk the dogs because the puppy cannot be trusted. Because the minute he gets loose, he starts chasing the goats who were out and about. Because we were letting them out and about at the beginning, uh, kind of as a deterrent to foxes and coyotes, so we could let the chickens free range for mm-hmm. a little bit. And they managed to eat the the wiring controls that attach the panel, the electric. It's it's a solar panel that has a red and green, a hot and a and a and a ground, and you connect the red to the fence, and it has a cable that goes back to the solar panel, and you connect the black to a ground, mm-hmm. and they've eaten the wires. So even if I wanted to put them back in there, so I, I put in a, a contact to the the it's the premier uh, premier one premier fencing. one fencing that they, they, we buy their electronet and their solar panels and they've been great they have great customer service they'll even laugh at you if you electrocute yourself by accident <laughs> which which we all had a giggle on that one that day um but uh yeah so i put in a call i i have a solar panel that has two batteries and i bought it especially for the goats to really zap those guys and keep them in line but um in the weather uh the inside there's like a little wire harness that connects the two batteries that connect connect to the energizer while the wire harness that connects the two batteries broke and there's nothing in the catalog that's a replacement part for that Mm. so i contacted them through their contact us app and they wrote me right back the same day and they said yeah we can build that for you 
just call our tech support company, you know, put in an order and let right. them know what they need. So between the black and the white connects and that, we should be good to go to get the goats back into fencing by the end of next week. That's good. I mean, it's not, I don't mind them running around, but you're right. It is. They're, they're a distraction for the dogs. And the thing is, like, they – so they love – goats love to nibble on – Everything. Young trees and yes. tree roots. And so – uh, they have found a new home sort of in our backyard. It's a little bit closer to the house than we usually have them. And they are underneath a, uh, big, old dogwood a big old dogwood tree, a huge dogwood tree. And I've noticed that they're starting to uh, nibble on the roots there. Yeah. And I do not want them to kill that tree because it's think a, they my will, favorite tree. It's harder to eat the roots than it is to eat the grass. And now that we're greening up, they've actually been out in a couple of the different pastures. They've actually been up in the pasture, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen them. They've caught my eye, and they've run into they've it's like, oh, no, we've been caught. And they've run back to the house <laughs> when I come back. I'm like, I, I, you know, you can be out there, guys. You're good. Um, but one of our goats, the one I renamed after her dad, Freckles, Little Miss Freckles, mm-hmm. she's got quite the attitude now because she – we had uh, someone come out to to the farm, and the, the the goat jumped up on her the hood of her car. And then uh, one time, she tried to get in the back of the FedEx van. Um, oh, and then this morning, and then today, when I was cleaning dirt. out my my car, I had the back uh, open, and she hopped in the back right. of my SUV. So apparently, she just wants to live someplace <laughs> else. So, anybody wants to adopt a cute little black and white uh, Nigerian dwarf goat? Named Freckles. Just be aware, she's got wanderlust. She's got she might wanderlust. not be satisfied at your place no, either. She might not be. But <laughs> she's been, actually she's she's my little pet brat. So we'll keep her. We have a lot of those. We unfortunately, have those, we have five of those. Right? Because I don't think the one that we got bred, that the one that got sent off to get bred, I don't think it took. Because I... I don't think she looks. I mean, she's bigger than everybody else, but she doesn't look any wider than usual. I know. And I she think we're going to look wider. I think once we get the, uh, the the fencing back, we probably need to borrow a, bu- a buck. I probably could somebody. buy, get one real cheap and not not related, use them up, and then we can throw them on the grill. We could do that. We probably need some more gyro meat, yeah. right? We could always use some more goat in the freezer. We'll be uh, making bacon, by the way. You can check that out on the Instagram page at Corny Goat Farm uh, and at Cam Edwards this week. We've been curing the bellies for the last few weeks. And, and these are hogs that we had butchered, like, I think last year we've had the bellies in the freezer. And uh, finally got them all, like, the big belly, like mm-hmm. the whole section. So we finally got them all portioned off in big slabs, and they've been brining for about three to four weeks. And I yeah, dry January brine. 29th, we right. put them in. So we, we do a dry brine, which is a, with sugar and a little bit of curing salt and kosher salt and a lot of black pepper and some thyme and some bay leaves and some other stuff. I don't know. It's a big old mashup. And we give them a good coat and put them in Ziploc bags, and then we just – Store them in a plastic tub in the fridge and rotate them around and give them a nice massage every once in a while because it all that all that's going to turn into a liquid. But it it you keep it and until it feels right, and that's the only way I can go by it because mm-hmm. it's got to be it gets to a certain firmness and texture. It goes from the floppy belly right. to this nice firm slab, and that could any you know like I said it could be weak. It depends on. A lot of things, but we have a yeah. very cold fridge, and it sits at the bottom. But so. the one thing is you really can't cure the bacon too long. You can't over-cure it. Not, well, you can. It gets but with when we, we, but we like it that way because when we smoke it, we get this like more of a cooked hammy sort of bacon thing going on. Yeah. And it's got more of a chewy kind of mouthfeel than the stuff that you get from the store where it's got like the it's got chewy but it's crisper. Right. Yeah. No, this is this is definitely 
It's, I, I think it's hammier. Yeah, but it's still bacon. That's it's, the oh, it's thing. still bacon. I mean, it's it's hard to describe. It's just delicious. Anyway, we'll just leave it with that. One of these sections, though, four pound section, I'm going to save because I've been dying to try to learn how to make pork roll. All right. And you need to bake hickory. You need hickory smoked bacon mixed with pork to make pork roll. Okay. So that's me next sausage making project. All righty. I tell you what, we're going to take a uh, quick time out here, and we'll be back right after this with more Forty Acres and a Fool. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. See, I told you that wasn't going to take very long. So, uh, Missy and I are sitting in the studio here, and I'm looking at uh, Missy's latest knitting project. Now, you just finished up a baby blanket yes. for uh, for Trent and Melody yep. out in Indiana. Uh, this is, by the way, not an official policy. It's not like everybody who's a listener uh, who gets pregnant gets a blanket, but... Uh, you were on the couch for months and months. We love Trent. We've known yeah. him for a long time. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you never know. You might yeah. get a blanket. I mean, if you want to go ahead and have a baby just to see if Missy will knit you a blanket, I mean, that would be that would be entirely up to you. I just I just can't promise anything. But don't send me the baby if I don't send you a blanket. <laughs> no. Well, be kinda, I don't know. Well, well that's negotiable. No. No. <laughs> no babies. Um, yeah. I'm so done with babies. I must have. Really, so so the color scheme. They said they liked green and gray, and as uh, and as everyone would know at this point, it's more like it's sort of like the pirate rule. I, I take them as more suggestions and <laughs> and then guidelines or rules. So um, it's got more colors than that in it, but it's like a five color repeat. Anyway, I must have been really liking it, I was digging it because I got to the fourth color in the five color repeat when I realized that I should have stopped about <laughs> fifty rows ago. Which is a lot more knitting than it sounds because at that point, if you're starting in the really middle, big. it's four – the thing is five feet across. This is not like a baby blanket. This is more like this a – This is a blanket. This is like a blanket <laughs> throw, that, a nice... he, that Trent and, the, and his wife and the baby can all wrap up in <laughs> together until the child gets a little bit bigger. And then, then it could be the babies, the, the toddlers, the kid who goes off to – uh, maybe ten. I don't know. It's a big. It's, it's a big, big blanket. Um, I met well, nice but soft. I just kept going, and and then by the time, like I said, I got into the fourth color out of the fifth repeat, and I was like, I am not taking this back because that's hundreds of hundreds of stitches that I would have had to try to pick back up again, mm-hmm. and I was like, that eh, full steam ahead. Yeah. So, so this now. is what's left over, and I'm making. Um, it's this crazy pattern, and you and you can see it, but it's a piece of knitting, and it's all on one continuous row uh-huh. but it's right now you can see that there it's looking like it's turning lefts and rights yes and it's elizabeth zimmern in the late 60s she developed this crazy it's called the baby surprise jacket 
and it really is it's all knit in one piece and then it's folded origami-ish and voila you have a jacket and it's you just seam it across the shoulder line so this is since the baby's gonna be <laughs> the blanket's way too big for the baby for now i'm gonna make him a little sweater that he can actually wear oh that's cute so i thought it was the same uh pattern and the same colors same so. colors just use slightly different variation on the on, on the striping i was doing different widths and stuff because as you put it together it, as it folds around it looks really cool well i don't know if you've picked out a name yet uh trent but uh, your baby will have a coat of many colors so maybe joseph yeah it's uh, <laughs> a good it's a good name <laughs> <laughs> and, and i and i remember you making the, that sweater in the past for uh for friends babies and that's a cool sweater yeah it's i i actually got report back on one of them i had sent it with the with the dad and hadn't heard back about it but the mom loved the sweater and the little girl's already worn it so yeah excellent so we were talking about uh, the fact that we don't think any of our dairy goats are knocked up right now so yeah, no so blankets for them no um, blankets for them no baby goats in the house this year which is kind of good because with being uh, sick and being and under the a, weather and with a crazy puppy and the now, crazy puppy it's kind of a good thing that we don't have baby goats in the house this year yes and we're not going to have piglets in the house although we do no, have they're not uh, coming in the house. A, a pregnant pig who has yet to give birth i just knew that it was going to happen while i was gone no and you weren't feeling that great but uh, but no she held off i uh, uh saw her this morning and she's still waddling she's slowly waddling. You around see she's got her big old belly and she's totally got um all of her she's all of her teaser attention she's ready to go yeah but she's just like rah, 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 all over the place it's kind of funny the other two younger ones i can see the littler younger one started climbing on her one day and she was finally like okay fine get off of me but <laughs> i'm moving i'm moving but it's kind of funny so that those will be our our babies we will have bacon, bacon seeds. seeds yum mm-hmm. i want to do one roast suckling pig like as soon as we're like the eight weeks is we take them off the mom yeah i want to do i want to butcher one and do a pig roast with a suckling pig okay just, just to try it all right well let's see if it's eight weeks or so let's say the pig's gonna give birth in the next week so that would be uh what early may yeah give us like a spring fling uh, okay something well, like that yeah why not we can do something like that. Cinco de Mayo pork roast. Right? <laughs> and uh, we have not officially broken ground on the garden yet, but that'll be this week. Yeah. Uh, we'll be putting beets down first and then uh, uh, carrots. carrots. We talked about our carrot tape adventure that we're going to try this year. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of more uh, items to, to order, a couple of more seeds to order, and I would love to know um, how far along your gardens are coming. I've already seen pictures on Instagram from some of the other farms out there, and they're putting down their beets and putting down spring onions. So I know that folks are already putting stuff in the ground, and here it is. I mean, it is time, right? I know. It is. Um, you, usually you wait until – like some things can go before the frost, like the beets and the seed, the carrots that, mm-hmm. are, that are germinating in place. But the transplants usually have to wait until the last frost, which, you know – it's kind of going to be iffy. You could take your chance right now. Right. But. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too. I was up in uh, the farmer's markets have already started. Oh, nice. At least in northern Virginia, Alexandria had their farmer's market going I on guess Saturday got morning. The greenhouse people who are doing the, or the, doing the winter crops, like the greens and the. There were, it looked stuff. to me like there was a lot of greenhouse stuff because there were fresh flowers mm. uh, that were growing. And then um, driving back home from D.C., Outside of Culpeper, Virginia, there is a huge, huge farm complex with probably eight or nine enormous greenhouses, like oh, wow. two-story greenhouses. These aren't the, you know, the, the, the even the size of like a Lowe's Home and Garden. These are bigger than that. Holy moly. Um, 
and it's uh, I think it's called Blue Ridge Produce. Okay. And uh, and so they're I, I think they're supplying a lot of the uh, the stuff at the farmers markets this time of year. I didn't have a chance to uh, to wander around the uh, the stalls and stuff, but I did see. Yeah, you see the root vegetables and stuff like that. But they also had some some tomatoes. They had you know stuff that were they were growing over winter. Well, I know around here they got the um, the greenhouses, the heated greenhouses where there's some uh, people who grow tomatoes all winter long, mm-hmm. and they've got the. Wood burning stoves keeping the greenhouses warm. There's one of those somewhere around here. We've driven past it a couple. That of times. seems like it would be a lot of work. A, a, a whole lot of work. Yeah, to keep that that temperature, you warm know, maintained, right? Yeah. Um, but if you know, that's if you're doing it. If you're selling to grocery if restaurants and grocery stores that want fresh tomatoes. Your only other option for tomatoes in the winter around here is to get them from foreign, like Mexico, right, or California. Do you yeah. get a lot from Mexico? I know a lot yeah. of those little grape tomatoes are from Mexico. Yeah, I, th- I see a lot of uh, Mexican produce stickers yeah. on the uh, at Food Lion and at Walmart whenever we're yeah. shopping. So yeah, you're right. It's uh, I don't know. It's just weird to me to uh, to see tomatoes in February, freshly grown, locally grown. I know. Right. I wonder if they taste as good. I gotta think no. Because there's something about like the sunny, warm vine tomato right. taste. But that's the thing. I, I wonder if is it it does it taste the same? Is it just the environment is different? Because when you take that tomato off of the vine on like a hot August day, you know, and you just home, bite yep. into it after you've washed it off with that, so you got the nice cold water, <laughs> rinse on it, and then uh, and then you just bite in, maybe a little salt on it. Oh, it's so good. I know. But I think I think part of it is just because of when and where you're eating it. Yeah. Right. You're pulling it right out of the garden. Exactly, and nothing tastes I think quite as good as the first tomato of the year. No, unless it's the last one. Yeah. That tastes like sadness, that's though. That's a sad tomato taste. <laughs> that is a taste of sadness. Last tomato of the year. Last year was a sad, sad year for us because we didn't have any cherry tomatoes. I know. We didn't have any tomatoes. We didn't have anything in the garden except for those ghost peppers and the habanero peppers. But we are going to make up for it. we got to do something. Are you just going to keep those ghost peppers and the habaneros fermenting all this year, too, and then add it to— No, I usually just—I'll just—last year I made the sauce in March, so okay. I'll, I'll be making sauce next month. Okay. So I'll just make a new batch of sauce. I got jars from last time around. I'll make new, hotter, crazier-looking labels, though, because this is going to be a wicked batch of hot sauce. Because oh, it's yeah. garlic, habaneros, and uh, the ghost peppers. Are, yeah, and then there's a couple, maybe couple random little other weird green sweet peppers that we had. A couple of poblanos, a couple of habaneros. But most of the, the pepper growth this year was, was those two hot, hot peppers. So. All right. Well, if we have anybody uh, out there listening who really likes hot, <laughs> hot, hot sauce, and you'd sign a waiver. Right? Yeah, definitely. You're going to have to sign a waiver, but maybe we'll have a contest. For, uh, <laughs> we'll give away a bottle. How do you measure Scoville's? Like, uh, can we send this away for testing to to get a, a proper Scoville measurement for? Yeah, this we would have to sauce? get it tested. We should do that. It's like it's the calories that it takes to. Kill the heat. Mm-hmm. It's how many calories it takes to get the heat out. So okay, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be pretty amazing. I'd like to see our one friend do a shot of this stuff. Uh, I would too, actually. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, we've got a friend who uh, actually drinks Miss E's hot sauce, at least the last batch, and it's pretty, it's pretty spicy. Yes, it's but, spicy. Uh, it's not the t- type of thing that I would just guzzle down. But no. uh, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he'll do that this yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Well, you stick around because we've got much more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up, including uh, your thoughts and emails that we'll start getting to right after this. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. If millions and millions of Americans, let's say 50 million Americans, stop paying their income taxes, that would matter. That's that's going to cause problems for the functioning of our government. And so they enforce laws against the individual that on a person-to-person, it's the same, we can talk about voting, by the way, not that that's a criminal issue, but just me voting is, it doesn't make any sense, but you do these things because of you're part of a greater whole. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, we are uh, waxing poetic about wax beans here on 40 Acres and a Fool, or at least we were during that uh, quick timeout. Missy. Talking about beans, beans, but like trying to grow. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because when you look through the catalogs and you're, we get caught up in like the types and the many types of tomatoes, and we like tomatoes. We have like way too many types of tomatoes. Yeah, but I really just want green beans. Like. Just There's green, 17 green types of <laughs> beans in the catalog, and it's like, damn it, Jim, I just want plain green beans. So I think I found some. Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we have some emails to get to, including one from Larry, who uh, says, I'm not sure if this would be better for Cam and company. I figure you'll answer wherever you think appropriate. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell you, Larry. Actually, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to email you back. I'm just going to let you figure it out so you keep listening to both Cam and company. <laughs> And the 40 Acre and a Fool podcast. Uh, Larry says, I think the term fake news is a new version of the phrase assault weapon. There's a really good definition for fake news, so it gets used wherever someone wants to use it. Uh, before a year ago, it was called unsubstantiated, a lie, a falsehood, deception, perjury, fallacy, or rumor. Now it seems to be the catchphrase of 2016, 2017. Yeah, fake news. Uh, what is your opinion on it? Yeah, you know, so it's funny, Larry, because I say that the real definition of a quote-unquote assault weapon is gun that I want to ban. Uh, and in, in in some ways, you're right. Uh, the phrase fake news can also be used as um, a substitution for news that I want you to ignore, mm. right? But the problem is, Larry, like there really is some, some fake news out there. There really and, – and worse than fake news, um, there is the – the, the bad reporting, right, the error-filled reporting. And what you have right now, whether you, uh, uh, whether, whether, you know, you love Donald Trump or you're skeptical, you're cautiously optimistic, or you loathe uh, Donald Trump, the media, by and large, is full of people who absolutely despise Donald Trump, yeah. who really wanted Hillary Clinton to win, um, and who, I, I look, the, the, these folks are not... Uh, the gods of the copy book that uh, journalists think that they are. These are fallible human beings who, in many cases, I think, are throwing objectivity and professionalism out the window. Mm -hmm. The very things that they said and believed differentiated themselves from pundits and commentators. Uh, All that's going away. And, And part of it is this election, but I think this has been a trend that's been going on for some time. I think um, if you get most... Here's my theory, Larry. If you get most journalists a little tipsy uh, and you ask them what type of journalism do you really want to do most of them right now would tell you I want to be John Stewart mm, I want to really? be yeah I want to be Samantha B I want to be John Oliver I want to be Stephen Colbert these are comedians I, yes 
who do news shows. Yes. Look, John Stewart was named the most trusted newsman in America. Well, wasn't in a, he a stand-up a, comic at yes, one point? Yes, of course he was. Okay. Just um, But that's the thing. It, it, it looks fun. It looks exciting. Uh, you get to uh, be snarky and funny, and you get to inform people. <laughs> I mean, that you know, if from, from the perspective of the journalist, being a straight reporter and just covering the news doesn't seem nearly as glamorous, nor does it seem as popular, nor does it seem as lucrative as somebody who can blend the the comedy and the commentary uh, in reporting. and Infotainment. Infotainment, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, that's a good good phrase. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it has been a problem, Larry. I think it is getting worse, and I think it's getting worse because the people who are producing this news are, are getting worse. I think many of them, Larry, honestly, are not in a good place right now. And, uh, and, and, you know, the industry is not in a good place. And, frankly, I think uh, many of these folks are, uh, are trying to make sure that this country uh, is not in a uh, very good place. Uh, Arturo writing in with a solution for protecting your bushes, shrubs, and trees from rabbits, deer, etc. Arturo says it is not for the faint of heart. Uh-oh. Uh, and it does involve some work and time. And he sent me a link. Uh, to uh, Sepp Holzer's Bone Sauce, How to Make It. Oh. Mm. Bone Sauce? You had me at Bone but Sauce, But this is to Arturo. keep rabbits and deer away from your garden? Yes. So something to put on the ground uh, okay. to keep them away. I thought it was going to involve, like, you having to walk around peeing on the ground. That have been like No. Little- now, we did get, uh, and I think this was while you were gone, we did get an email talking about uh, uh, picking up dog poop. And placing the dog poop around the perimeter of the garden, and that keeps them away. And oh, so, I'll walk the dogs down there instead. Yeah. I, well, I've started trying to do that. We might also have to uh, just – that might be one of the chores for the kids this summer. Yeah, this pick summer. it up, poop in some places and put it in other places. That's right. <laughs> just move the poop. It's not actually you have to clean it up. It's move the poop game. <laughs> Can you imagine? Therapy. 15 years from now. I'm not, I was little. My mom just made me pick up poop and move it from point A to point B. I don't even know what the point of that was. I just had to pick up poop. And say, I mean, I move it over there. Poop moving. Right? The poop movers. Yeah. Uh, I, if anybody, yeah, our five kids, somebody's going to end up in therapy, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> Somebody already is. I'm not too sure. Uh, Robin writing in Electronet in Chickens, the uh, uh, topic. Okay. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, Robin says, I love the uh, comment of pallets being the duct tape of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says, funny because it's so true. It is. Um, she says, about Electronet with chickens, this is my only method of chicken incarceration, that and clipped wings. It breaks my heart to clip them, but it is for their own protection. Yes, I have become a progressive government as far as my chicken's <laughs> welfare goes. Well, <laughs> I'm clipping your wins for own good. Okay, but here's the thing, Robin. Chickens suck at self-defense. Chickens, and they're stupid. Like, <laughs> you put a cage around them and you'd think, oh, this is for our own safety. Let's stay here. No, they all try to escape and then they get eaten by the fox. Right. And and even the boldest, most alpha rooster sucks at keeping his hens safe. So, yeah. you know, look, I, I'm, I'm all for free-ranging. I'm all for... Uh, you know, getting those chickens to roam around. I, and look, they're doing it right now at my house. Yeah, they but, keep the yard we, free of insects. But of the seven little rooster, uh, the seven little chickens that we got recently, I think it was in the past two months. We have two of them left. Three. Oh no, you're right. Two the gray ones gone. The gray ones gone. So now there's the yeah, others. So now the we two. have two. So something's got to give, and I think what's going to give is the ability of these chickens to uh, Houdini it. Yeah. 
Um, Robin says uh, they can get out occasionally because of limbs hanging into the yard. And then hopping from that to the coop roof, mm. uh, she says it's an easy fix. It just hasn't happened enough to push it to the top of my to-do list yet. Yeah. She says, I have electronet on one side and standard fencing on the other, and they get out on the standard side generally. My only predation problem has been a raccoon getting in one several years ago and the owl that killed one of my two roosters last month. Up until the owl incident, I had not had any predation from the air. Mm. Uh, I threw out my peppers, she says, as they, while they smelled wonderful, I was afeard of them, as they never did bubble, and I didn't want to risk having lovely botulum-laced pepper sauce. <laughs> I uh, still don't know what I did wrong. That, yeah, boy, that that's probably a good idea. Well, it fits, it's, it doesn't, like, it's not going to stay bubbly. Like, they bubble and then they stop bubbling. Like, there's only so much it's going to do, because okay. it always stops. So after a while, they're not going to be fizzy anymore. You're not going to burp them. It's just a matter of maintaining and keeping the jar closed and keeping everything wet. Okay. So if well, there's no mold, you should be fine because it's the lacto acid. It's I gotta get the real word for it, but it's like this whole. As long as there wasn't any, any uh, waxy coating on the peppers or anything, mm-hmm. everything was clean, and you just use the water and the salt and the brine, then it should still be fine. Okay. All right. Well. Whatever. Whatever. You always got the this year's batch of peppers. And Robin, if you uh, if you want, we can send you some really, 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 really hot sauce <laughs> in uh, in a few weeks here when we get ours <laughs> finished. Uh, Robin says, "So happy that Missy's on the other side of the chemo and is really on the mend. Yep. Nothing like springtime to help what ails you. And the hardest part now is going slow enough not to create a setback." Yeah, yeah, I have that problem. I'll go running around and then I'll have to sit down thinking, "Okay, dumb, dumb, you need to take it easy for a second. But, but you know, it's funny too because I think this is probably the first podcast in a while that we haven't actually started with an update on how you're feeling, and it's it's kind of because because yeah, you feel kind of back to normal. I'm almost feeling I think. like normal most of the time. So, yeah, I do. Uh, and your hair is coming back. It's, some of it's coming in. I got, and I got fuzz. I can it, feel it. And it's not all coming in white. No, not all. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it actually is coming in any whiter than what it, it was. was before. Well, it's hard to tell. I have no idea what color my hair was before because well, it's been true. so different. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be all gr- whole, you know, brand but the new world white, for me. But the, but the white doesn't hold color as well. So. No, gray hair is color slides. It's like red right. color slides right off. So I know that where your hair had color, and I know where it was going gray <laughs> and silver. Um, and it, 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 it's still too short to tell whether it's uh, coming back curly. Well, it's so funny because I've got so many people coming with the feedback about the so, – so when so-and-so lost their hair or when my aunt lost her hair or my grandmom lost her hair. Well, the thing was with the oncologist ominously saying, you had straight hair, didn't you? Like, that was the thing. Like, he did looked at me, and he kind of squinted his eyes and said, you had straight hair, didn't you? Like, <laughs> oh, man, is it going to come in curly? But who knows? It could come in. Like, I have a, a, a follow-for-follow Instagram follower whose mom had to go through chemotherapy. And when her hair came back in, she's an Asian woman. And when her hair came back in, it came white and curly. And the, the daughter said, my mother looked like a Miss, an Asian Mrs. Santa Claus. <laughs> so I'm like, well, come back white and curly, I'll take it. I was hoping for Grandma Root, my, my dad's mom's hair. Because she always had brown hair growing up, but I remember her most with her gray hair. Mm. And her hair was like silver, but right at her temples, she had like white streaks. It was really, I loved her hair. Rams and I'm like, horns. Yeah, co- totally. <laughs> and I'm like, I want my Grandma Ruth hair. So I was secretly hoping for that. But uh, whatever. At this point, I'll just take hair. At least my hair is growing back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got that on me. Yep. All right. We're going to take uh, one more time out. We've got more of your thoughts to get to as well. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool still to come. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 
2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool in the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards. At Cam Edwards on Twitter. Uh, at Cam Edwards on Instagram. At Cam Edwards one on Facebook, I believe. I, it's been so long since I've been on Facebook, but uh, you can find me. I don't know why you'd want to because I'm really not posting anything <laughs> there. But uh, every once in a while, you. I had this. I had this conversation with like three people at CPAC about uh, some people, and it seems to me that people are, are are either on Facebook or they're on Twitter, but very few people are doing both. Yeah, I don't twit. And I think it's because both of them are so annoying to people that people are like, no, I'm not doubling up on this. Right. I, I really am starting to wonder, like, how much of social media interaction is simply peer pressure? Like, we feel like we have to be on some sort of social media. And yeah. so, okay, I'll do, the, I'll, I'll do Facebook or I'll do Twitter. I, I really, I kind of wonder. And then it keeps you there. Like, because then, then you don't want to miss anything. You know, that's the funny thing. Who was I? I was talking to somebody uh, at CPAC again about this, and and they said that they were away for like five or six days. Something happened. They weren't where they could get cell reception. I think they were camping or something. And uh, they said they came back and tried to get caught up on stuff, and they realized, like, I don't care about any of this. Like, you know, like, my life is no worse not having seen the drama. Oh, I think it was the Milo Yiannopoulos drama. About going to get invited to CPAC and then getting disinvited. And oh, yeah, yeah. Everything. And the person was like, you know, like my life is not impacted by that one way or another, but I would have been watching this like a soap opera had I cared. Had I been, been online. On the, oh, been right? online, yeah. You you, so you do get kind of sucked into stuff that really is either not important or, you know, really at the end of the day, not. Not a uh, a big deal. I just want to see how many people liked my knitting picture most of the time. Well, that's the that's the see. So that's the other thing, though, is that I think that my world uh, and a lot of the interactions that I have on social media are based on politics, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that more. I think more and more people are starting to say, okay, if I am going to do social media, I want it to be fun. I don't want it to be a chore. I don't want it to be, you know, something that I go and I, this is my time of day where I just get, you know, filled with rage and I just get angry no, for an hour. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that you're starting to see more people post knitting pictures and yeah. more people post non-political stuff uh, on occasion or, or even, you know, make that transition from political postings to non-political postings. I saw... 
Uh, Christina Rabali, who um, has been a conservative political activist for a number of years, and now she has a non-political job. And she had posted something, I think, on uh, Twitter about just how nice it was just to not be inundated twenty-four-seven oh, with politics. Yeah, I um, and I and, and I get that. I will say this though: the other side is perfectly fine being inundated with politics and working 24-7. And I saw a story about organizing for America, which was uh, formerly Obama for America, uh, now teaming up with the uh, the Bernie Sanders uh, campaign outreach program, which is called Our Revolution. Uh, and so you've got people whose hobbies are basically telling other people how to live uh, who are getting motivated and who are energized and who won't leave you alone. So as much of a pain in the neck as it might be to be involved in politics in this toxic day and age, it is sort of a necessary evil uh, at this point. You, I don't think you can give it up. I don't think you can walk away uh, without um, – <clears throat> Without uh, with, with, without consequences at this point, because if you know if we're not out there fighting and engaged, then, um, then we're going to lose. Unfortunately, what are we going to lose now? Uh, well, if you listen to the uh, the left, I mean, we're you know, if if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, then you are a Nazi. You're punchable. You are a uh, you're a fascist. You oh, are that's right. Right. I'm a so, deplorable racist. I forget. Yeah, I keep forgetting so, I'm a deplorable racist. I, I, <laughs> I forget that so much all the time. I know you're a sexist too. I forget that too. Xenophobic. Yep. Uh, have you talked to our, our friend who lives in Mexico? By the way, Ms. Xenophobe. Lately, have you talked with her? Oh, we 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 catch up on Facebook every once in a while. Oh, yeah. So there's a reason to stay on Facebook. Yeah. I if only to catch up with the friends who live in different places. Right. So that's really it. Because I've got <laughs> military friends that move from the East Coast out to you know, to the West Coast and all the way to Hawaii. I've got friends who you know live down in Mexico. We've got family anywhere from you know Florida to. Massachusetts, and that's where most of my family knows what's going on with our family, with the the stuff with, you know, the farm, my health, everything else. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so well, that's my Facebook is just you know that stuff. Right. Yeah, you've got the. That was the other thing too. A lot of people have like their public Facebook page, like the personalities, the political people. Oh yeah, and then they've got their private. Facebook page that has like thirty friends. Yeah, and my, my, my public Facebook page would have a lot more crap on it, but my personal, <laughs> but I, it, it's not, you know. So yeah, no. sometimes I post stuff just to piss people off. Just, but I know I'm doing it, and I just make myself <laughs> laugh because I know I just post it going, "This is really gonna piss off one of those progressive lefty friends of mine." Every now and then, I'm sure that happens. It does. Uh, it does. I, I know. I know they do it to me, too. I'm sure that they do. All right. So uh, so last week, Rob in Southern California had a question about making hominy uh, from scratch and using uh, charcoal ash to make the lie. Wow. That's so, hardcore. Right. Well, he says he was inspired by us. So he also thinks that we should grow uh, sweet corn. And I said, I'm not sure that, that we're going to be doing that. Well, I know we talked about doing the three sisters, but. It never works. And it's just. Uh, around right. here. Yeah. We're not Indian enough, I guess. Like, I'm not putting enough fish in the ground. And I'm not too is, sure. And what... corn is so affordable to buy that, you know, unless you're growing acres and acres of corn, it really just is not practical. Yeah, because you get, what, two to three years uh-huh. on a stock so in our family that's not even dinner for one night so we right. need at least two stalks per dinner if we want to have that much corn to have and yeah. all of a sudden now it's a space thing right and and when corn comes in i mean you can get it for like probably, 10 cents an ear and if they some places yeah if you get it at a farm stand right 
So and doing it better than I am, you know. It's like I, I know how to grow onions. I've done it now, mm-hmm. but they don't keep real long. And you, unless you're really good at gardening, where you can and you have a long growing season where you can start them in waves. Like I didn't, I couldn't order the starts in waves. Right. So I had to start all the starts when I got the starts, so that all the onions were pretty much ready at the same time. Well, who the bleep eats that many onions at once? <laughs> you can't really hold them very long. So for me, it's like. Do now that I, I know how to do it. If I have to grow onions, I will grow them. Otherwise, I'm just going to get them at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. So, I so suppose I'm, that we could uh, just get the starts, right? Or you, or you take the onions as they ripen, and then you can you start? No, because no. they actually you. They, there's two ways to to start onions. You can either start them from seed, which uh-huh. is really really hard, right? Or you can start them from little tiny plants. Okay, but you can't start onion plants from old onion plants. Oh. it's not like garlic cloves. Okay, like garlic cloves. Once they start getting a sprout, you mm. can actually shove them in the ground. I actually have a bunch on the counter that I want to try to plant. Okay, in the cold box outside my kitchen and see if I can get some garlic growing out of that. Okay, so Brian wrote in. Uh, he says I've never made live from ashes of any sort, but I am a bit of a barbecue nerd, And I do live in Southern California, so I wanted to offer a thought on the letter from Rob about making charcoal ashes to make hominy. You warned not to use the ashes from briquettes to make food or in your garden. Yeah. I have no doubt about this because of all the noxious binders, petroleum-based binders. Yeah, you just got to use wood. Uh, but, says Brian, there are several types of pure char- pure wood charcoal. In expensive stores, you can find big green egg charcoal, mm-hmm. which is very regularly sized. It looks like someone sliced wood boards up into small slivers before reducing it to charcoal. Uh, in less expensive stores and many supermarkets, you can find a brand in a ratty-looking brown bag with a cowboy on the front. Yep, I've seen uh, that. This stuff looks like somebody burned down a tree and put the remnants in a bag. Both claim to be 100% wood, smell much better than briquettes, and might fit the needs of of Rob. All yeah. right, Brian. Well, that, listen, I appreciate that. The other place where you can take out the ashes in that regard is if you had a wood-burning fireplace. That's how the colonials would do it. Right. That's where all their ashes came from is that they would just scrape them out of their firebox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern California, I don't know if Rob has a fireplace. Yeah, probably not. But I don't know if the Rob is using a fireplace if he has one. But, uh, yeah. but Rob, there you go. Some uh, extra thoughts from Brian. Uh, and, again, our email address is 40 Fool. At gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. You can find Miss E on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. Yep. Now over 500 followers on Instagram. Look at you. I know. Isn't that amazing? Oh, and I have to have a throw out, speaking of Instagram. A shout out. A shout out. Throw, throw a shout out out. There we go. To Cheryl. Um, super, super awesome. Uh, one of the people who follow, I think she follows the both of us. Mm-hmm. She sent me the most amazingly beautiful yarn like i'm like oh my god she made this like 750 uh yard skeins of one's like a a purplish black and the other one's this beautiful pink and i'm so excited i gotta figure out what to make with them but i just wanted i i've got a package to say thank you i said thank you on instagram i have a thank you note and ready to get out in the mail and a and a thank you bottle of hot sauce to go with um but i just thought that was the sweetest thing to get more Yarn. It really was. And I, I, I love, you know, I'm just like, what? So, yeah, I'm like planning in my brain, like, what am I going to make for me? So, thank you, Cheryl. That really was awesome. You didn't actually say thank you. Oh, here we go. All right, sorry. Thank you. All, I'm like gushing about how great this was. And yeah, there goes the, the thank you part. Thank you so much. I can't wait to post pictures of what I make. I just haven't really figured out what I want to do. 
especially since I've seen Cheryl's posted pictures of her absolutely amazingly beautiful knitted shawls. Right. I'm like, oh dear, anything I post is not going to be. Oh please. Well, it, you know, you know. Listen, it's it's. You don't have to fake humbleness. You know how to knit. You do good. You do good work. I know, there. but I'm not that good. And lace knitters are amazing to me because they have the the, the pattern and the, the they follow the charts. And I'm just like, I just give me something easy to count. Okay, I think maybe a uh, bikini. Knit a bikini? Sure. Blah, that's Why not? no. Come on, you nope. can felt it. <laughs> I'm not wearing a felted bikini. <laughs> <laughs> fuzzy in all the wrong places it's just not an attractive thing I'll, i'm thinking of like that ten thousand league no ten thousand year bc movie where the cavemen run around in the leather bikinis the right. fur bikinis it's like no i don't think so all right well i tried uh that is i think probably a uh, wildly inappropriate place to end this week's podcast but it's the best that we can come up with so crochet there you bikinis go. in your brain there you go you think of everybody's going back to the 70s now not crochet no it's too many it's too it's too open if you have crochet well, it can be need, little i mean be felted. Yeah, that's true. You could felt it solid, but then it would just, never mind. It's all inappropriate. <laughs> it's not happening. You will not see Miss E in a felted bikini anytime, anytime, oh, anywhere soon. Oh, that, uh, Mr. that makes me sad. Mr. Cameron can use his imagination. There you go. All right. Well, enjoy your week. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And we will talk to you again very soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.